Welcome to the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. We're going to explore ways to sharpen our diagnostic skills, find learning resources, and hear from experts in the automotive field. Hey, what's going on, automotive world? Welcome to another episode of the Automotive Diagnostic Podcast. My name is Sean Tipping, and I'll be the host for today's show. Joining me on the show today is Jeff Barnes. Jeff is from Oklahoma. Uh, I met Jeff at ASTE in person. I think I uh, interacted with him once or twice prior to that. But uh, Jeff has been a technician for quite a while. I think we're about the same age, actually. And what we're going to talk about today is a number of different topics within the automotive industry. Uh, we'll touch on some flat rate stuff. He's going to talk about eight ass things and how his shop has been adopting this, uh, trying to get ahead of the game with ADAS. Um, but also just uh, how expanding out and getting to know people in, in the industry uh, can really broaden your horizons, can make you as a person, as a technician, as a shop better uh, by getting to know what everybody else out there is doing, uh, expanding out, networking, how important this stuff is. And he kind of shares his story on, you know, where he was and how he got to where he's at and uh, the future for his shop. So uh, it's a great conversation. I really enjoyed talking to Jeff. So with that out of the way, let's jump right in. How's it going, Jeff? Uh, How's your day? How's your week going? Hanging in there. I just got back from a one week vacation. Um, I only ever take one week a year. Uh, we were in Galveston, Texas. Um, okay. And uh, that's the second time I've gone on vacation as a foreman and left the technicians here on their own. Um, okay. So, uh, I, you know, normally I expect it to get back to a mess on my hands. Uh, last time they had done... <laughs> keys and an ignition switch on a Chrysler Pacifica and if you know anything about those they're an odd breed um, sure so I had a non-running non-movable car when I got back uh, this time everything went well they all hit about 40 hours which we've been kind of slow so that's pretty good okay um, so that was nice um, if, if I'm not mistaken, I think there's a Facebook page solely dedicated to something about the anti-theft system with the Pacific. Really? So you can't, you can't, you can't get the pin through the OBD. Uh, there, you know, you can't pull the pin with traditional methods. And I think that's the whole, the, the whole group is they just post that over and over again is really stupid, but <laughs> I don't know if anybody else has seen that out there. Well, that car, that car actually came in. I no, I didn't go looking for that because I, I, I don't really want anything to do with Pacificas on my Facebook page. So <laughs> I feel like people would unfriend me or something if they saw that, but sure. uh, yeah, I, uh, I got back to it and, uh, I ended up fixing it. There's a locksmith local that uh, got me the pin code, and I was able to finish it. And okay, it, it was an intermittent uh, crank no start with the key light flashing or whatever. Um, and I had noticed on that car, I had noticed there was a uh, 
a phone holder, phone mount holder, uh, laying in the floorboard in the passenger floorboard that like plugs in and charges your phone. Um, I didn't think anything of it. So, I mean, I had codes in there for it, not reading the key. So I was like, these are pretty straightforward. So, you know, we put a new, uh, ignition switch or halo or whatever in there and it fixed it. And then the guy left and about two hours later he comes back and he's pissed and he's like, you know, this thing's doing the exact same thing as it was doing before. And I'm like, well, you just have to leave it with me cause I'm here now. I'll, I'll catch it. And I could not get it to mess up. And I got to thinking about it and I was like, hold on a minute. And I mounted that phone bracket back up there where he had it. And I put our, uh, our shop phone that we have, uh, for test drives and stuff. I put it up there and let it start charging. And sure enough, it would interrupt the signal just enough that car would, would crank no start. Okay. And he, he claimed, uh, he, you know, said, no, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. And I said, just take that thing and move it to the other side of the dash and plug it in and charge your phone over there. And then <laughs> he never, you know, he never called back. So I'm assuming everything's okay now, but yeah, I got it to do it multiple times. I thought it was funny. So that's, that's nuts. I, I, you know, you run into that weird stuff every once in a while like that, where, I mean, there's no good tests for that. I mean, outside of moving it, right? But like, I don't think Pico has an attachment, right? <laughs> yeah, measure, something like that. Um, it, it makes me think of I've seen it a lot in the last couple of years where they'll have the bedazzled ring that goes around yeah. where you put your key, and it and that makes sense, right? That's blocking the signal between the transponder and the halo, but. Um, yeah, just having a phone that close, I would. I, I don't know if I would have thought of that. Only when it was charging. So a fully charged phone, it wouldn't oh. do it. But when it went into charge mode, it was one of those. Um, uh, I don't know. It's like a, a charging pad, so it doesn't plug into your phone. So it charges oh, it okay. through the back of the wireless. Wireless, yes, yeah. Oh, and and, well, and that w- makes even more sense. <laughs> what what really gave it off to me is that he had picked his phone up to call us and was mad, and then his car started. <laughs> and so, of course. so I was like, hold on a minute. Cause he said he went in somewhere to get, you know, food or something and came out and his car wouldn't start. And he, as soon as he picked up the phone to call us, now it's starting, but I'm still mad, you know? So but we got it fixed. So. <laughs> and if that's not the best example, like sometimes you got to think outside of the box on stuff like this. Um, I mean, I've, I've had situations like that so many times throughout my career, even with, low tech stuff. Um, I remember I had a, I had an Azuzu that was towed in one time. It was very early in my career and it, they said the transmission went out on them. It just won't move anymore. I put it in gear and it won't move. Okay. And so I, I get this ticket and I go out there and I'm, I'm looking at it and they were right. You put it into gear and you can rev the engine and it doesn't move. Right. Well, it had a, it had a shifter in the center console. It wasn't on the floor. It was like in the center console, for the uh, transfer case, right? And you could put it into, I think it was two, two high, four high, four low, neutral was the other position. Well, it it had just been pushed slightly into neutral. And I just happened to like look down and I grabbed it and I put it in a drive. Thing went into gear and it moved. And so I, I, I talked to the service manager. I was like, yeah, the thing was just in neutral. And we were talking to the guys like, I didn't put it in neutral. I was just in the grocery store. I came out and it wouldn't move. And we're talking to him, we're talking to him. And like you said, noticing things, he's got a big um, like blanket in the back of this thing. And he had a dog. You could tell there was a dog in there, right? There's dog hair everywhere. There's slobber on the windows. 
people who have dogs understand that. Um, and so we're like, Hey, did you leave your dog in there by chance? He's like, yeah, the dog was in there. I was like, well, me, it's possible. Maybe this dog pushed this thing into neutral. And, uh, I mean, we never saw the car again, but yeah, just sometimes you have to get away from your normal thought process in order to fix these cars. Right. It's almost like you have to get into the mind of the customer and how they, how they're going to deal with it. You know, cause I guarantee you the first thing he did was start the car and then reach over and grab the phone charger and put it back up where it was. And then he's been sitting in the waiting room for an hour, you know, while we finished it up and his phone's dying. And so now he's going to charge it. The first place he stops, it doesn't start. So, yep. yeah, I mean, that's, there's, there's and animals. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I've ever had to deal with other than like, you know, the dog chewing the shift handle or the emergency brake handle up to where it doesn't work anymore. But <laughs> Sure. Yeah. You get the rodents under the hood, but, uh, yeah. that, that, that'll create some interesting problems for sure. Um, yeah. Th- going back to what you were originally saying, taking time off when you're kind of, maybe not the lead guy, but you have an important role with the shop and, and a lot of specific jobs go just to you. Um, taking time off can be a burden, like you said, because going back and then you're like, what's going to be waiting for me? Like uh, what, backlog of of vehicles do i have to sort through you're almost dreading going back more than you would normally from a vacation uh i i i remember that from firestone that was kind of how it went for me yeah i mean i've been working on training these guys for the last two years and uh, i just trust them you know i mean they have a key to my box and um, I mean, we have, the shop's got their own, we have two scan tools and, you know, uh, one's, a, it's a, one's just a various heritage, so it's old, but it works. You know, you got to leave it plugged in, but it works. Um, you know, they know, we have, we, we also have certain processes and procedures put in place um, to help them along when I'm not here. And even when I am here, I, I don't help them with every ticket, you know, and I don't see every ticket. And so there are some that slip through the cracks, but they still got to learn. They've still got to do things on their own. And, uh, unfortunately sometimes, you know, it makes its way back to the customer, but, um, I would say the rate, you know, that we have comebacks at is extremely low. So, um, in fact, I mean, so far this week, now it's only what Tuesday, but I haven't had anything come back from last week yet. So, um, that's good. You know, and I, and I did have a guy, uh, he's young, early twenties. Um, he diagnosed a, uh, intermittent crank sensor on a, I think it was a 2010 Jeep. You know, the ones that uh, are common mm-hmm. for failure when they get hot, they go open. Um, he did that on his own. So, you know, I'm sure he just used the guided functions on the snap on scope, but still, I mean, that's how I started out anyway. Um, mm-hmm. so I was really proud of him for that. That was that was going out on a limb and not just, you know, slamming a crank sensor in it for a code. So, and he, at first he didn't, he couldn't catch it. He could not catch it. Test drove it, let it, let it hot, you know, heat soak over lunch. And he could not catch that, that sensor failing. And so they actually let the customer take the car back. Um, cause we, we refuse to sell somebody something that we don't think they need. So, um, sure enough that afternoon, the customer called back, said it did it again. I let it cool off. I'm bringing it in right now. And, he brought it in in the heat of the afternoon and he caught it It actually crank, you know, crank no start and he caught it. So, and they, and nice. they put a factory sensor in. So I was happy for that too. 
<laughs> yeah, that uh, that makes a difference too. I, I remember learning that lesson. It's a vivid memory for me. Is I was I was younger, uh, working at a shop, and this uh, it was two guys. They were driving an old Dodge Caravan, and they're it stalled while they were going through our town. They just happened to be going through our town, going somewhere else. Got it towed here. Wouldn't wouldn't start right and. After it got off the tow truck, of course, it fired right up. And the owner of the shop that I worked at had a very uh, sales-first mindset, profit mm-hmm. mindset, right? Yep. So nothing leaves without a bill. Like, that doesn't happen. And so I'm going over it. There's no codes. It starts up every time. We go through the whole thing. And I was like, I have nothing to offer you. Like, I, I could I could throw a dart at a dartboard, and I probably have a better chance of making the right call here. Um, and, uh, he's like, okay, well, of, of all things now he sells him a fuel filter. And I think it was because the fuel filter looked like it was old, but I knew at the time I was pretty young. I was very inexperienced, but I knew at the time, like, that's not going to cause it not to start. Like that's, that's it's not going to do it. Right. May, maybe like low power or something, but it's not going to cause it not to start, but that's what he sold him. And so that's what I put on. And so we sent it out the door Two miles down the road, of course, the thing stalls again. Mm-hmm. They're back, and they're super pissed off. Gets towed back to us, of course, and then it it starts right up again. So we're in the exact same position, but now uh, we own this thing. We're married to it because we charged you them took money, money, yeah, to put a part on there. Yeah, now now we're married to this thing, and it was a whole big deal. And I think it ended up being a camera or crank sensor, but it, it just turned into a disaster because. They sold them something just to sell them something, right? Um, and I, I always remember that now when I'm dealing with intermittents. I'd rather, I'd rather just not accept payment or or avoid it all completely, but not accept payment for anything. Just be like, well, call me when it's acting up, and and then we'll then we'll talk. Then I'll charge you something. <laughs> right? Yeah, because you, I mean, you don't want to waste money on something that wasn't necessary, and then that's. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's how that is. Yeah. I, I've been in a shop like that uh, yep. where the, the advisors are almost looking over your shoulder and then they, they've got something sold before you've even finished the inspection on the car. And you're like, hold oh. on now, you know, the transmission's out on this car, right? And they're like, oh, crap, we sold timing belt and water pump and spark plugs. And, you know, I'm like, well, you, uh-huh. yeah, I didn't have that yeah, written yeah. on there yet. So and, and, and right. I'm 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 a jerk about it, too, when I see them doing that, like even like in, in school, I'm not like super smart, but. You know, I mean, in in this state, you know, sometimes <laughs> the people uh, don't take school seriously, and I'm sure it's that way what, everywhere. What state are you in? Is it uh, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about Oklahoma, but I <laughs> there's there's a lot of uh, apathy for learning and stuff around here, and so when I would see kids, you know, copying off my work, I would purposefully put down the wrong answers, and then right before I turned it in, I would change them all. And the look on their face, you know, when they got their, their, you know, their test back was priceless. It was worth it. So, but I, I, I don't, I don't like that, you know, and, and I've been in a shop like that where it was like, just let's just get something sold and then we'll just deal with it, you know, if we have to. Yeah. And I'm like, that's just not, that's not a good practice. Right. So, I mean, you're no, going to get absolutely burned. Not. But, um, so the shop you're at now, how long you been there and how long have you been in the role that you're doing now? Um, I, I've been here eight years 
uh, I took a six-month hiatus. Uh, my uh, my father-in-law actually owns a shop. That's where I started at, and uh, he had lost his uh, lead technician, or well, you know, his main technician that he'd had for like sixteen or seventeen years. Um, and that that guy just you know kind of partially retired. Um, he had a farm, and uh, that he that he had you know cows and stuff to take care of, and then. Uh, I don't remember. He, I guess his thumbs wore out. Like he couldn't. He was gonna have to have surgery on his thumbs, and then, you know, I mean, he was probably mid fifties and been doing it most of his life, um, and so he was he was ready, um, and so he went like seven months without a technician. I mean, he had he had one there, um, but like a junior tech there. But uh, he went seven months without a technician and actually was working on cars himself again and he had not been you know an actual tech in the shop since the mid 90s so um or early 2000s you know um so i i took a six-month hiatus and, and went over there i thought you know we'll give it another shot because i'd worked for him multiple times and it's just working for families just not it's doable for some people but most people it's not doable for and um you know i gave it a shot and uh that you know yeah i made i made good money um i watched the other technicians starve for work i did not like that um i didn't i mean i needed the money but um i didn't agree with that and then you know it's just lack of work mostly and i'm sure a lot of that was caused by you know being shorthanded for so long um but you know i i was over there and uh I've been there about three months, I guess. So I've been here five years, and then I went over there. Um, and I'd been there for about three months. And uh, the other technician went on vacation. Um, it was like a, a Tuesday night. Uh, he went on vacation. And about 7.30 or 8 o'clock that night, I got a phone call that my mom had died on a cruise ship. So my parents had went on a cruise. And uh, the other tech wasn't going to be back for a week. So I was pretty much in that shop by myself. Um, I actually had my best week that week, um, but it was not good. And uh, so, you know, I decided then that I needed a change, um, and I wanted to. Uh, I kind of wanted to pursue the uh, the foreman position, and. Uh, over there, I knew that wasn't going to be able to, to happen. I was always going to be a flat rate tech because they need, I mean, they had to have somebody to fix the cars, you know, and they didn't have anybody. And I thought, this is going to take too long to build it up. So I got back with uh, my old boss here um, at this shop and uh, talked to him about it. And it took us two or three months before we, you know, before I came back. Um, okay. So he had two technicians and a loop tech here when I got back. And uh, I've been doing this almost, it'll be, it's been about two and a half years now as a, as just a foreman. Um, I took a salary pay. Uh, I took a $30,000 a year cut in pay for this job. Um, but I knew that I could get back up to a, a better level than that. Um, I knew that it would happen. It just would take building it because he'd never had any anybody in this position before. Um, everybody was just fend for yourself. So, um, so it's been, 
about yeah two and a half years it'll be three years and yeah you know, like march i guess so okay um, did you you just had the and hey I, i'm sorry to hear about your mom that's 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 really tough uh um, thank you did you just have the confidence in the the people that was running the shop or the shop itself to be able to come back and say i know that i can i can make this this role work and be successful here or, or what was it that made it work for you i this this shop when i came here um because i because i was i was at the i was at my father-in-law's shop um and and you know his lead tech uh needed to be fed he needed his hours and I struggled for hours over there um, as a flat rate tech. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I had never really branched out. Like, you know, I'd been, I started a small engine tech and then I went to that shop. Um, you know, actually, I mean, cause I had met my wife and then found out that her dad had a shop. And I was like, well, I've always worked on cars, you know, I'll give it a shot. And um, this, you know, I, I, I got to the point where I was like, I, I need more hours. I need, I need to, I need to grow. You know, and it's, mm-hmm. it's really hard to grow when you're, you know, you, if you don't have the work, it's not that they wouldn't give it to me. It's just, they just didn't have it. You know, it was a smaller shop. And, um, sure. so I, you know, I was like, I need to grow. I, I, I'm young. I'm, you know, like 20, well, no, not young, but 27, 28 at the time, I guess when I made the, the switch and, and literally I, I, I prayed about it and I said, um, I, I, you know, I need to try something different. You know, I've been at the same two shops, you know, back and forth for 10 years almost. And so I, uh, I got on, I think it was like indeed or something like that. And this one had just popped up and, okay. uh, I looked at the reviews and everything and I thought, well, I'll, I'll uh, I'll go talk to them. And I came in here and I met, uh, the owner. Um, and you know, immediately I was like, okay, this person is sincere. He's serious about what he does. Um, he cares about his customers and, uh, you know, he's willing to grow. He's willing to spend the money. You know, I'm looking around the shop and everything and and it's, it's a whole lot better now than it was. But at the time it was like, he's got new lifts, you know, I'm like, wow. You know, like that, you know, I had never been in a shop with new lifts. He's got new lifts. He's got new jacks. He's got new air hose reels. Um, you know, And so I'm like, okay, all right, we're going to give this a shot. And so, you know, it worked out pretty well for five years. I mean, there were problems. There's problems everywhere. Um, I've had problems at every job I've ever had. Um, and so when I decided to be a foreman, I thought, you know what? I, I'm going to go talk to him first. I'm going to give him first shot. Because um, I, I left on good terms. So uh, I'm going to give him first shot. And we're going to see how, how much we can grow this place. Because the the... the the problem that we had when I was here before is that I was on a flat rate and, you know, you get to a certain level and a certain lifestyle that you're not necessarily willing to give up for, um, bragging rights, I guess, to, you know, say, yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. I help, I help these guys or whatever. I mean, some people do it. And, sure. and obviously as an, as a teacher, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're willing to give up your career, you know, as a, as a technician or, or, you know, a flat rate tech. And, you know, I'm assuming you're paid well, but it's probably not what a, what you could make as a, you know, as a flat rate tech somewhere. No. So 
honestly, like in all reality, it's it's probably like a half of what you could make, and that's kind of why sure. I do the mobile thing on the side because yeah, it does. I, I, and and this is does not like this isn't like touting my skills as a technician. It's just in general, like anybody that is you know that that you know has been doing this for so long, you could make way more money being in tech than you can teaching for sure. Um, no, I, about the flat rate, and I don't, I don't mean to interrupt you here, but I wanted to point out, you had sent me just kind of an outline before we talked about, you know, your feelings, you know, when you were that flat rate tech. And I, I can tell you, I related so closely to the things that you were saying, how it, it doesn't, it doesn't allow you to, I don't know if it doesn't allow you to, but it doesn't promote you to take time to better yourself as far as like, you know, really figuring things out, really testing things, really diving into the why and the how it's just, I got to get this fixed. I got to get out the door, whatever that takes. If it's a problem, ship it and get me the next gravy ticket so I can keep making flat rate. Well, right, right. right. But now I'll tell you this. I, I, even as a flat rate tech, if it took me 14 hours that day to figure out that car, I would, um, it would pay one hour for diag, you know, and it's like, you want to, you want to charge more and sometimes you can, but it's like, I'm helping this person. I'm going to figure this out and it's going to help me in the end. You know, I'm, I'm going to learn, I'm going to grow. Um, and so as a flat rate tech, I spent a lot of hours. This was not a eight to five. It was more like most of the time, a six forty five to eight forty five at night, uh, position just to do things as, as correctly as I could, as, as correctly as I, as I knew how to. Um, mm-hmm. and I took a lot of pride in it and pride will get you, it'll wear you out. Um, but you know, now that I've been through that, um, I see how detrimental that was to, uh, you know, my health and my, uh, you know, definitely my marriage, you know, my home life, um, mm-hmm. you know, things where she's at home waiting on me to get home, waiting on me to cook dinner, you know, and I'm up here, you know, and it don't matter. The car is going to be here tomorrow. It's already here. It's not like they're going to come get it tonight, but you know, it's just that, it's almost like a natural high, you know, figuring things out and being the one to figure it out. Um, and I kind of had to, you know, I kind of had to step away from that. Um, I was not, I mean, yeah, I, I would flat rate, you know, I would, yeah, I would run impact, you know, run ball joints on with an impact. And I really haven't had <laughs> any comebacks from that. A lot of happy customers, you know, and, but, um, but you know, for the most part, uh, I could do it well. Um, I was really good at my, writing my tickets and uh, making sure and doing my test drive afterwards, you know, wiping my handprints off, pulling my mat, making sure that I didn't have any comebacks. But nobody else was doing that. And so after five years, um, the business starts to slow because not everybody's happy, you know. And so I, that's why I, you know, but flat rate yeah there was no like they were like hey we need you to help these guys you know i'm like well how do you want me to help them and well yeah go go show them how to you know show them how show them what you're doing show them how to do this you know i'm like i don't think they're interested 
I really don't. Like, if they are, yeah, but how am I going to be compensated? And the thing was, well, we pay you a higher flat rate. That should cover that. And I'm like, absolutely not. That's yeah, not how no. this works. So, And it just takes some of that higher flat rate food off of your plate <laughs> once they can do more, you know? Right. Well, I, I really wanted them to do more, though. It was very... It slowed the shop down a lot, like it bottlenecked to me. And then, oh, yeah. and then what happens is you yeah. end up losing customers. And, and so, yeah, it's great for two or three years. Like when I got here, they, they were not doing inspections. And the shop I came from, my, my father-in-law was a stickler. I mean, his shop is really well run. I mean, probably one of the best run shops in Oklahoma city. It's just, it's just, it's an older shop and, and they're, they're, they're kind of landlocked where they're at and location and, and, I mean, but they, they do well. And so when I came here, I was going, okay, all right, first day, I'm like, where's, where's your inspection sheet? And they go, well, there's a little one there on the bottom of the repair order. You know, I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I need an inspection sheet. And they go over there and they pull open the, the filing cabinet. And there's like a four foot stack of ones that like BG was giving them. They're like, like the, the three page, you know, uh, carbon copy ones. And I'm like, okay, yeah. all right, now watch this. <laughs> And so they had not been inspecting cars and they were busy. They were two weeks behind when I got here. And I'm like, how are you two weeks behind? And what it was, they just, cars would come in and then two months later, they come back for something else. And two months later, they come back for something else. And, and, you know, and some people are okay with that, but, um, I started inspecting the vehicles and the, uh, the service advisor that was here, he didn't know anything about cars. Like he, he just didn't, he didn't know, he didn't care, but he was a really nice guy and, he was, you know, he just would just call the customer and tell them what they need and, and what they didn't need. And I mean, I was killing it the first like three years. I mean, it was, you know, 50 hours, 60 hours a week and just catching all these cars up, you know, and everything. And then, and then it started to run out, you know, and I, when I first started, there was a guy here that was, he'd been here for a couple months and he said, you know, I was doing really well until you got here. And I'm like, what do you mean? He said, well, I was getting 40 hours a week till you got here. And I said, well, you need to be inspecting the cars. And he said, no, no, I think you're ripping people off by doing that. That's not what they brought it in for. And I said, okay, well, you can think what you want, but you know, I'm, I'm going to do things that until they tell me different, I'm going to do things the way I want to do it. And, uh, yeah, he didn't, he, he was getting 15, 20 hours a week. Cause I mean, the cars were, you know, I was kind of slowing the process down a little bit because I was getting so booked up with work. And so, sure. um, you know, he, he didn't make it. But, um, you know, I started doing that. And I remember when I got here, there was a 76 Corvette. And I thought that was the owner's car. It was in the back collecting dust. There were parts all over it. I thought, well, that's his project car, you know, lifelong project car. And uh, <laughs> I asked, I said, hey, whose Corvette is that? They said, that's a customer's car. And I said, how long has that been here? And they said, oh, about 18 months. And I'm like, oh, great. And they're going to give it to me. I guarantee it. And sure enough, they did. And they, they roll that car up here and they give me a five-gallon bucket full of parts and bolts. And they said, okay, <laughs> the drive shaft's all the way in the back and the exhaust is hanging on the, the warehouse rack back there and the transmission's on a pallet. You know, and I'm going, you got to be kidding me. I can't do this for flat rate. Like, there's just, <laughs> how are you going to pay me on this? And so I, I got it done and, and uh, got it running and got through it and i was like uh, you know we i can't do that again but i remember him writing his first because he came over to me he gave me like an 85 hour paycheck for two weeks 
and he's almost shaking when he's giving it to me. And he said, this is the biggest check I've ever written. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, crap. Because that was like my first like month here. I'm like, uh, well, you better have a lot more of those because I, you know, <laughs> I'm not coming in here for 30 hours a week, you know. So, yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, it just it just took off. I mean, you know, doing it that way. And, and, and of course, I learned that from where I came from, you know, so. Sure. But. That's one of the, the, I think one of the most interesting things that I found from going to shop to shop to shop doing a mobile thing is when you're in, you know, one shop or one company and they do things this way and maybe they do some things good, um, but maybe they do some other things not so well. You may not even realize it if you're just within that, that island, right? And then being able to go out and see how other people are doing the same thing. Um, and again, maybe they're not perfect. They've got the things they don't do quite right, but there's this one thing that they do. They're like, wow, I never thought about it that way. Um, maybe I can adopt that. And I've been in that situation, like the, for the first five years of my career, I was in this little island in a two bay shop um, with a guy with a very narrow mindset on how things were run. It was, it was actually the shop that I was telling you about with the fuel filter that we sold. Right. And, and I didn't know there was anything better. I mean, I was young, but even him, I, I don't know that he knew that there was anything different than he could do that would actually be right. more successful. But you start seeing if you take the time or able to go see how other people are doing it, how they're being successful. You're like, wow. Okay. I can, I can change stuff up. I can, I can bring something else to the table here. Uh, um, that's going to make everybody more successful. Like you're talking about that's It's, it's something that, uh, my mind was open to in the last, I don't know, five, six years that there, there's a lot more out there that I don't even know about. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, you, you would not believe, and I know it's nationwide, but you would not believe the amount of shops that are not doing digital inspections. And I don't think it's right. just the technicians not wanting to do it. I mean, everybody works a smartphone. Everybody can work a smartphone. You can work a tablet. It's not that difficult. But, you know, they always say, well, the technicians don't want to do it. And I'm going, well, I mean, you're going to have to. It's it's just part of it. I, I just don't I don't see how you're going to get around that one. You know, I, I don't I don't see right. it. We, we don't get around anything really. I mean, we're, we're not working on carbureted cars anymore. We're, we're not technically, we're not even working on OBD two anymore. I mean, that's kind of gone out the window with the secure gateway stuff. So, you know, we're, we're just going to have to adapt. You know, I've always said, you know, it's almost like we're swimming, you know, and, and trying to keep your head above water. And the moment you stop swimming, you're going under it's, it's, you know, you're, it may not be immediate, I guess, um, but you know, I, I just it, it's it's tough to keep swimming, and then it's even tougher when you're having to swim upstream and you're having to go against the problems of the shop that you work for. And yeah. so, you know, yeah, I mean, you get out and you you and you have to be willing to change, um, you know, and that's that's what uh, I wasn't when I was a flat rate tech, you know. Um, I mean, it's, it's tough to, why would I change? You know, why would I, why would I try and program that car when I'm making really good money? You know, why would I, when I go home tonight, you know, um, I, I know what I'm doing tomorrow. I'm going to know what I'm doing. I'm going to fix that car. Um, 
you know, I, 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 it's going great, you know, but you see it, you know, I, I saw it, I saw it and I'm, I saw it coming and cause there would be certain cars that come in and I'm just like, I have no clue. And I, I don't, you know, I don't have anyone to contact besides like calling Identifix and th there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but you know, it, it's just not, it's not very, it's not, it's not efficient at all. Really. It's really not. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I, when I, when I decided to become a, a, a foreman, you know, I was like, I need to, you know, I need to do some training. I need, I need to grow. Um, I can't do it. I really can't do it as a flat rate tech. I mean, you can, but I don't see how these guys do it. When you're having to worry about your, your next paycheck, it's, it's just not, it couldn't be easy. And so, you know, when I, when I came here, I lucked out, um, there was a guy that was working here that took my position. Well, I mean, there was a guy in between. Uh, the guy in between, the guy that originally replaced me um, was a crook. Uh, he's not a good technician. Uh, he's a liar and a cheat. Uh, I'm not going to name him, but uh, he's okay. worked at almost every shop here in Oklahoma City. And uh, I've heard all kinds of horror stories. And, in fact, he's at a dealership that one of my old technicians is at. And he's screwing up over there, too. Um, so... But of course, nobody ever checks references. So, but um, anyway, they they had to fire him. He broke an ear on a master cylinder on a Ram thirty five hundred and decided it was okay to leave it. Um, and still got the other nut holding it. And luckily, the service advisor went out there to shut the hood on that truck because the the underhood light was left on and he didn't want the battery running down. And he saw it, and so he questioned him about it. And he said, "Yeah, it's fine. It'll be fine." And they're going, "All right, pack your stuff." <laughs> You're gone, huh. you know, because you're gonna yeah, that no you kidding. one hard break and that's you're you know. Yep. So, but but the guy that that replaced him uh, was from like Pennsylvania, and so when I got here, he's like, oh, have you heard of you know Paul Danner? You know, I, I've got his book. You know, he's got his book. You know, I'm going. I have no clue who you're talking about. You know, he's like, oh, you know, have you heard of? Uh, you know, I went to Vision last year. You know, I'm like, what is Vision? You know, what is that? What are you talking about, dude? You know, we go to the O'Reilly's classes and the Napa classes and stuff. And, um, I had no clue. And, you know, he, he was able to open my eyes to a lot of, uh, technology and stuff that I had never seen. And, and a lot of the training and, and a lot of the Facebook groups and stuff that he was on, you know, he's like, Oh, look, this is super Mario diagnostics. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> what, what are you talking about? You know, like, uh, and so um, unfortunately he's not working here anymore. He, he moved on, but, um, you know, he, he was a major help in that. Um, and I don't know if he'll listen to this podcast or not, you know, but, um, you know, I got, I got big props for him, you know, pushing me that direction and, and, you know, opening my eyes to all this stuff, um, that I might not have ever, you know, I mean, I, I, I you know, I try to, to keep up with stuff, but, you know, you never know. It's like, it's like one door opens and then like, a bay door opens and then you, you get, you know, you, you meet 15 more people and then you see something or you hear something and they talk about, you know, and you're like, Oh, okay. All right. I'll add that person. I'll add that page, you know? And then now you're like, sure. Oh crap. Now I'm running a, 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 you know, WPS 500 in cylinder. And <laughs> I would have never, never done that. Like there's no way. So no, I, I 100% agree. I, the, the rabbit holes that get opened up, um, the, the routes that you go down that 
like I said, if you're on an island, you don't know all these other people. You just, and I spent so much of my career that way. Like, here's my tools. Here's the way I learned to do it in tech school. I keep doing that way. And like I said, you know, if it doesn't benefit me and my paycheck at the end of the week, send it to the dealer, right? We had that option at Firestone. I didn't realize the guys at the dealer don't have that option. But um, it, it, but meeting people that are out there, again, that are being, they're so smart, being successful at what they do. And you're like, wow, okay, let me check this out. And then, yeah, it's the next thing and the next person and the next. Oh, yeah, the last. and yeah, the last two and a half years of my life, my brain has hurt. You know, I mean, like bad. Like, like I'm up yeah. at like, well, like still awake at eleven o'clock, and I'm like, you know, what the hell was he talking about? You know, I'm going, wait a minute. You know, oh wait, no, he's right. You know that that sensor does work that way. I never even thought about it like that. It's like sure. And then, of course, you probably won't see another one for a year and a half. And so, hopefully, you retain the knowledge that you learn, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I you, you know, this guy, he was like, hey, I'm going to this CTI class. And I'm like, no, nah, we didn't do CarQuest. And um, what's the other one that they have? Um, I can't Napa think of or something like that. Not, not Napa. It's CarQuest and uh, oh, I can't think of the name of their other, their other company that's here, Advance. And because oh, okay. we weren't, we didn't sell advanced parts, you know, so we didn't go to their classes. And he says, I'm going to go to one of these classes. Mm-hmm. He goes, Keith Perkins is going to be teaching this class. And I'm going, okay. You know, like, <laughs> I have no clue what you're talking about, you know. And so Keith was down from Tulsa and, you know, this guy had been talking to him. And so he shows up. Um, and so he's you know, like giving him a shop tour and everything and brings him up to me. And he's like, you know, this is, this is Keith Perkins, you know, he's really good at all this stuff and he's got a YouTube channel, you know, and I'm like, Oh, Hey, nice to meet you. You know, anyway, get back to work, <laughs> you know, cause we got stuff to do. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is, you know, but I, yeah, I'm coming to the class tonight, you know, and and it's like, you, it, it, I don't want to, I don't want to fluff Keith up, you know, but it is at this point, it's almost like meeting Elvis. You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. It, and you right. didn't know it, you know, and you didn't know it. And so you're just like, sure. Uh, whatever, you know? And so I, I go to, I go to the class and it was an ATIS class and I'm going, okay, are are you serious? Cause a lot of times they, they, they put these classes on and it's, they try and sell a tool and then it's stuff that you'll never see and you'll hardly ever do, or they'll quit making that part. And I'm just blown away, blown away because, you know, I had, I had actually done a calibration, a radar calibration on a Ford Fusion that I put a steering rack in. Now I put the steering rack in there and uh, it was a pretty new car. It was like a 2014. Uh, I put the steering rack in there and let the car go. And about, you know, four to six weeks later, she brings it back and says that the emergency braking is slamming on the brakes on its own. And, you know, this light's coming on the dash. I'm like, I don't know anything about that stuff. So I, I just pulled the codes and, and, you know, of course looked it up and, and, I got on my scan tool and I said, Hey, I can do this function. And so I went out and did it and I drove the car down the road, you know, for a mile, mile and a half and the light went out and everything started working correctly again. Um, and I had no clue at the time what I did. I didn't care. It fixed the car, you know, whatever. I mean, I've never seen it on any other cars yet, you know, at the time. Cause I think that car was only about a year too old and okay. he's sitting there t- talking about this in class and I'm going, Uh Oh, <laughs> how many cars have I aligned? with that system on there without knowing, having a clue 
you know, right. about it. How many cars have hit a brick in the road and I've put suspension parts on and let it leave without ever even testing that stuff. And so I, I was like, okay. And so afterwards he's like, you want to come check out the truck and check out the equipment? You know, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to look at this stuff, you know? <laughs> and so, yeah, um, that was, you know, that was, that was part of, uh, this, this change, um, in my mindset and this change in my life because I've met another Oklahoman who, um, who's, who's getting it, you know, he's got it. He's, he's, he's going to pave the way for all of the Oklahoma technicians. Um, sure. and there's people out there who refuse. They, you know, they just, they don't want to, they just don't want to put forth the effort at all. Like it's just, no, thanks. You know, and the shops are getting held back by that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, you know, how I met Keith Perkins, you know, almost, almost okay. made a fool of myself, you know, cause I almost was just like, you know, he's walking around the shop and everything like, hey, we're, first of all, we're not supposed to have people out here in the shop. You know, I don't know who this guy is, you know, <laughs> <laughs> pack your stuff, buddy. You need to leave We're we got work to do, yeah. you know? Right. Right. So, um, I've had that same experience with, you know, certain people or meet them and I didn't realize like, you know, what they do or what they bring to the industry. Right. And then later to find out, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, um, not that it should really matter. Like, I I guess I should interact with everybody the same and treat everybody the same, but like, I don't know when somebody has accomplished so much of what I dedicate my life to, it definitely changes the way that I feel about them and interact with them. Um, and, and yeah, when you, when you don't even realize it, you're like, Oh man, that was from blankety blank. Like, Oh gosh, I, I wish I could, would have asked them these questions or, or whatever. Um, and yeah, Keith's knocking it out of the park. He's like you said, he's, he's a pioneer for a lot of different stuff. Um, and he does so much and he does it all so well. Right. Um, he's got his training website and his mobile business. I just, I just had an episode of him on, on Monday, um, talking about all the, all the stuff that he's running and, and how it's just blowing up, uh, out where he's at in Tulsa. It's right. Like, yeah. Su- super, super cool guy. Um, and that's the other thing, really nice guy willing to share, willing to help, um, teach all that stuff. So, right. Yeah. That's, that's, we need people like that, right. To inspire other people to be their best selves. And if we can all do that, like you say, everybody in Oklahoma or everybody everywhere, right. We have those people up here too. Like let's inspire everybody to be better. And then everything in the industry for all of us is better at that point, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, I don't know when it's going to happen. Um, but I think it will take, uh, I think it will take a shop getting sued before people get serious about, uh, doing ADIS calibrations. I mean, that's what it's going to take. It's going to, it's going to have yeah. to, cause I mean, we, we, so, so when I, when I went to that class, you know, I thought about it and thought about it. And then I, I started reading, you know, um, and watching training classes and, um, I, I, I said, you know what? They're going to make this mandatory. They're, they're going to make this mandatory. I guarantee it. Because something like that, you know, um, if the politicians think it's a good idea and they like it, then, well, they'll just sign it in the law. And, um, sure. You know, and they they did. So, um, 
at least some form of it anyway on the car. Uh, uh, I don't know about like total control, like steering control and stuff like that, but probably at least emergency braking. So, um, so I, I, you know, I, it was one of those nights where I'm like laying in bed at like two o'clock in the morning and I'm reading posts on diag.net and I'm watching videos, uh, watching like the, 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 you know, David friend stuff or reading his posts. And then, um, you know, look up. Well, there's another guy that does training on that stuff. I can't think of his name, but um, you know, watching videos and watching all the stuff, and I went, you know what? We need to do that. We need to break into that. And I knew Keith was already doing it in Tulsa, and and I so I started googling mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and seeing if there's anybody in Oklahoma City who does it. And you know, I, I guess Elite or Elite Tech or whoever they they probably somewhat do it. <laughs> I guess I don't know. Okay. I don't know how accurate they are on stuff. So, um, but I said, you know what? We're doing it or, or I'm doing it, um, either way. And so I came and I talked to my boss and I'm, I'm kind of a pushy person, um, when I believe I'm right. Um, okay. And so, you know, I, I just said, Hey, you know, I think we need to be doing this. I think we need to be, you know, branch out and start doing this. Um, and, you know, he's kind of like, ah, well, you know, it's going to cost you know, money. And it, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right now it's costing us money. Um, uh, but I just told him, I said, well, I, I want to do this. Um, and I've, I, I've got Keith, you know, and I've got a few other people from, from Facebook and stuff. And so I, I have the, the backing and I think we can do it. And I think we can branch out and, kind of kind of paved the way to you know doing these calibrations because i think the glass shops probably do the cameras and stuff but they're probably you know i don't know how well they are at it so i pretty much told him i was like you're either you're gonna do this you know here at the shop or i'm going to go get a loan and i'm going to rent a spot and i'm going to start doing these at night because i don't want to miss the boat i don't want to be behind on this um, it's not like I want to be the first person so that we can be the only shop. Cause it's not going to be that way. Everybody's going to have to do it. Yeah. Almost every shop is going to have to do it, um, in some form. Um, and you know, he wasn't too happy with me at that point, but it's like, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I won't steer you wrong. I, at least I don't think, I hope not, you know? Um, and so he thought about it and he said, okay, I'll send you to the training. Um, and I never got to go. Um, I was going to go to David friend's training and, uh, he actually got in a really bad car accident, um, like a week or two before the class and then COVID hit. So I am still not formally trained. I just had to just do it. Um, okay. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to take, because we're, we're sending out a salesman, you know, one of our advisors, we're sending him out every day and he's going from shop to shop, you know, body shops and automotive shops and places like that, okay. glass shops and saying, hey, we do this stuff. And they're like, we have no clue what you're talking about. And, you know, he's going, sure. OK, well, you know, and we have a flyer made up and stuff. And, you know, some of the body shops are like, oh, yeah, we do your own or we do we do our own, you know, and he's looking at the shop and he's going, no, you don't. <laughs> if you are, you're not doing it correctly because. <laughs> You know, right. the place is, a, a, you know, there's metal hanging everywhere and yeah, it's just, there's, there's no way. I, I don't think they realize, I think, I think like when we, we were calling dealerships to see what they were charging for it and they're like, oh yeah, we just do that as part of the alignment. And we're going, no, 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 not resetting steering angle sensor. You're, you're misunderstanding. You know, this is for the radar and the camera. And they're like, I don't know, we'll call yeah. you back. And they call us back and like $650. <laughs> I'm like, okay. 
so we're not out of line on our pricing then. Um, but yeah, I mean, they did the shops for more, and I haven't gone out. I, I don't want to go out and do sales and stuff. So maybe I should be the one there to help explain it. But he's just like, these people don't, most of them don't, they don't know. And I'm yeah. going, uh oh, because what's going to end up happening is uh, somebody is going to, you know, pull a bumper off and put a condenser in a car and put the radar back on crooked. And they don't know what it is. They think it's a, a temperature sensor or something. Who knows? You know, just plug it back in mm-hmm. and. Someone's going to get in a wreck, and now the lawyers have got their beacon set on this, and that's what it's going to take. Yeah. And hopefully, it's not us. <laughs> you know, hopefully, <laughs> right. we survive it. You know, so. But. Um. Do you mind me asking, and I can edit this out if need be, what uh, 8S equipment are you guys using? Oh, we we have the Autel. Uh, okay. We, we bought the they they okay. Napa really wanted to sell the one they had. Um, cause nobody was buying it. And so we just kind of okay. held out on them and they came at us with a really good deal, like 25% off mm. or something. It was like, okay. And nice. So yeah, we, we pulled the trigger on that. So yeah, I'm using, you know, the, the hotel equipment and, and reason why is I, I, you know, I ask around and that's what, I mean, that's what pretty sure that's what Keith's using or some of it, you know? And yeah, you know, even David friend has said, I use everything just it's just whatever. If it, wor- if it works, it works. That's all you need to know is okay. that you go out, the system is working like it's supposed to, and you can prove that that's all that matters because you can still screw it up with factory stuff. I, I could see you easily screwing it up with factory stuff. So, sure. Um, so yeah, that's what we, that's what we bought. And then we, um, we actually rented a, a, cause we're in kind of a, it's an industrial building, uh, almost like a strip mall, but it's just all like warehouse type, uh, you know, it's a complex or whatever. And we actually ended up renting a spot. Unfortunately, it's all the way down on the other end. And so it's like, you know, 200 yards uh, down the way. Um, but we rented a spot to do them in so that we're not, um, you know, having cars come across and then parts delivery drivers walking through carrying parts. And yeah, you know, it's a, it's our own, um, station, I guess, where we, where we do that at. And then we can leave the cars in there too. If we have to overnight, you don't have to move them and reset them back up and stuff. So, cause that, that takes a lot of time sometimes to get them set up correctly. And so you don't want to have to redo that again, but, um, yeah, so we invested the money, uh, and, uh, I invested the time. I told him that I would invest the time and I'll train somebody up. Um, so that's not just me. Um, but mm-hmm. right now what I'm waiting on right now, it is just me, um, because of the, the legalities and everything, you, you gotta be careful. Um, you know, I've, I've created my own like 16 step checklist process that I go through. I've got my own, you know, I've got it on, it's just on Google or whatever, where we save our files and stuff, but I save the repair order and all the pictures and all the information. And, you know, there's a, a, a guide that the service advisor is supposed to use, which sometimes they don't, but you know, it's like, it's got to come in with a full tank of gas, you know, um, you know, it's got to be put together. I don't want a car in here without body panels on it. Cause they may have to pull the bumper back off to put the inner fender liner back in or something, you know? So it, it, if it's coming from body shop, it needs to be completed. Um, this needs to be the last step, you know? Um, and so I've got all that stuff set in place, but my thing is, is I need my technicians to become, ASC certified. Um, I'm the only one right now. Um, besides I, I do have a, I, I do have a tech who's GM certified or AC Delco certified, but, um, 
the reason why I think uh, the reason why I won't, I won't tr- you know train somebody else right now to do it is first of all, I'm still learning, and so it would be really difficult yeah. to train them on something that I don't know. And then on top of that, it, it would look really bad in court if you've got your youngest greenest technician doing something as important as this. Um, and I have a feeling that a lot of shops, the, the, the lead tech's going to go, hell no, I'm not doing that, you know, and it's going to get passed down to the guy that it may not be that he doesn't care. It just may be a matter of he's you know not proficient in it and he doesn't have anybody to ask because the lead tech refuses to do it. Um, and so if that went to court, you know, they, they they could you know they could say hey you know why didn't you have your your best guy do this if it's that important you know so right now uh, I am the only one um, and we don't get a whole lot you know I think I've done I mean, we started in March um, and I think I've done okay. twenty five you know so okay. people people when they call for you know an alignment and we, and we've got a partnership with Discount Tire. And they send alignments to us. We ask them, you know, hey, that's a 2018. Does this car have adaptive cruise control? Does it have lane departure? And they go, oh yeah. They go, okay, well, it's going to be. And I, I, I'm just throwing out a price, but it's probably pretty close to what we charge. But it's going to be, you know, three hundred forty nine dollars. That includes the alignment and the calibration, and that's a good deal, you know. Yeah. And they go, yeah, okay, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to get that done. And they make the appointment, and then they never show up. So. Very rarely do they make an appointment and show up because they usually go talk to somebody and they say, holy crap, I got my alignment done for $69 and it comes with a Uh, lifetime warranty, uh, you know. And so we kind of have to just, you know, brush that off and and do our thing. And so after taking all the classes and everything, we we refuse to um, do an alignment on a car that has any ATIS uh, equipment on it. Um, if they don't want to do the calibration, we just refuse to do it. We lose the business. Okay. Um, so it's not hurting us, you know, I mean, alignments, what are we going to get $89 and they may never come back, you know? So, you know, it's just whatever, but so we're going to win on the ones that we can win on and then we'll lose on the ones that we're going to lose on anyway. And it's going to, it's going to come twofold, you know, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll gain, um, you'll eventually be the guys that do that, that everybody starts calling, you know, whether there's just more and more issues with these systems, or like you say, there's more legality and stuff like that around this, that all of a sudden they're like, okay, well we need to address this. Who does this around here? Oh yeah, that's right. These guys over here. Um, Cause yeah, right now they're calling around to everybody and getting the estimate. Yeah, we'll do that alignment hundred bucks. Right. No problem. Yeah, You don't have um, to do that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. There's no codes on, right? That's fine. We'll go down the road. Um, so it's very smart. Um, there's a lot of foresight there to be ahead of the curve and obviously an investment, right? You know, there's a chance that that doesn't pan out. And, and I think the the alignment kit or the 8S kit from Mattel, I think I looked at it a while back is, you know, 20 grand or whatever. That's a lot of money to mm-hmm. dump on something. Mm-hmm. And maybe you don't get that back. That's a risk. But I, I think I think you're on the right track. You got the right idea there that it's it's going to be more necessary than people think it is or, or that a lot of shops think it is as time progresses. Give it 10 years. Right. And yeah, maybe there's a lot of 
passive uh, calibrations where the car's doing themselves, but that's not all of them. And I've, I've asked a lot of people that know more about this than me. And I'm like, what do you think? They're like, it's a combination. Mm-hmm. You're going to need targets. You're going to need the equipment. You're going to need to know how to do this. And then there'll be some passive ones too, but the the active ones are not going away and you got to be proficient, skilled and tooled up in order to do that stuff. Right. And I, and they, you know, a lot of guys have told me, Oh, well they're, you know, they're going to go all dynamic, you know, eventually anyway. And I'm like, are they, you know, have you tried to do one in the rain yet? And they're like, what? I'm like, have you even done one yet? <laughs> Cause yeah. you can't do it in the rain. That's another thing that's on our list. They tell the customer, okay, if it, weather is bad, we may not be able to do it that day. We may have to reschedule, you know, they're getting better. Um, but I, you know, I've, I've read somewhere that they were able to do a, a new Ford Ranger in the snow, like in Michigan or somewhere. And it took them like three hours. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> like, I don't have time yeah, for that. Is, like, is dynamic and static. I, so you can tell how much I know about ADAS. I keep using the wrong terms when I'm talking to people, but dynamic and static, right? Right. Right. Okay. Dynamic <laughs> and static. Yeah. Yeah. And I've, you know, like I've done 20, oh, I've done, well, let's say I've done 24 on the books. I've done a bunch, um, off the books, you know, on, you know, good customers who allow us to, you know, test out their vehicles and stuff. And, and, you know, we, we've got to, we've got to learn somehow. And, um, and some of them are, are static and then dynamic. And those are the ones that are tricky because mm. that's the one where the autel, uh, tells you to set the target. It's like a resized target. They say, they tell you to set the target at this certain height, like 1152 millimeters or something. So you're like, okay, but that was for like a car. Okay. Well, if you're, if you're calibrating an SUV, it's gotta be set higher. So it'll take on the static just fine. And then you roll into your dynamic and you think you're going to go like a mile or two and it's done. I drove one car. I was up here till like nine o'clock that night. I drove that car like an hour and a half. I had to put more fuel in it. And I was like, something's not right. This is not, you know, and I go back and it, it would take the static like immediately. I'm like, okay. You know, so I, I get online and I'm like, oh no, 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 no. You, you've got to set it up like another 50 millimeters for this. And then if it's a, a smaller car, like an Acura RL or something, then it needs to be down. So there's actually three different settings that it could be at. Um, and, and it's not in the scan tool yet. They're supposed to update um, and, and have it ask you. Um, so you can run into problems um, and, and, and thank God it didn't take after 45 minutes of driving because it wouldn't be right. You know, it would be, it would sure. be incorrect. So, you know, at least they had the, the foresight, you know, or maybe they didn't, maybe it just worked out that way that it doesn't take, but um, you know, hopefully the, the people who designed it, you know, said, Hey, we need this to be able to be in these parameters. And it's, you know, it's, it's got, it's got a, it's got a little bit of leeway. Um, but if it's not, if it's not in its parameters, then it's not going to take. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's, that's how they set it up. But, um, you know, yeah, I mean, investment wise, lots of hours of, you know, training. Cause all I can do is training videos and podcasts. Um, I can mm-hmm. read on diag.net. I can get on the, the ATIS calibration forums on Facebook and, that's it. I don't have anybody to ask besides Keith and Keith is busy. So, um, you know, I mean, I do have, I have his personal, you know, cell phone number and and Facebook or whatever, and I can contact him, but I, you know, I really try not to. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously if I run into an issue, it might take him a day or two, but he'll get back with me. So, 
Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's been a, that's, I never thought that that would be what I would be doing. I mean, it just never, <laughs> right. It never, it just never occurred to me. Like it was like, Oh, okay. Well, this stuff came out and, <laughs> well, and then, what'd you say? You started with small engines. Yeah, I actually took, so I didn't want to be in the automotive class. Uh, in fact, we have a really good instructor here. He's like, you know, he, he's pretty decorated. Um, and, but I, I didn't want to be an automotive. I mean, my, my grandfather was a, well, he was a telephone man, but he always, uh, always worked on cars and, uh, you know, he taught me as much as he could on, because being, a, so, so with telephones, it's all electric. So he knew all about, mm-hmm. you know, ohms and amps and, you know, you know, all these, you know, how, how electricity worked and how it flowed. And, and so I had some pretty good understanding of that. Um, and you know, he was old school. He knew how to fix things without having a book, without being able to call somebody and ask, or, you know, just kind of figure out how the system worked and he could fix it. I mean, he could, the, the guy could fix anything. So, um, so I, I already had that basic learning and stuff. And, um, the automotive class, you know, a lot of the guys got stuck crushing oil filters, um, you know, and I probably would have cut up too much in class and, and he probably wouldn't have liked me, you know? So I, I was like, well, yeah. me and my friend, we were like, Hey, we want to work on like dirt bikes and, you know, uh, gas powered scooters and crap like that. So we're like, we're just going to take this small engine class. And so the, the teacher was kind of like, it was like, he retired the year after I graduated. Like he was done. The the guy was wore out and he was older, you know, and he, he was very, uh, if you didn't care, he didn't care. So, um, he focused on me and the other kid in class and made sure that we were learning and the other kids that he just knew they were there as a elective or whatever. And so he didn't bother with them, but, uh, so small engines, I learned, he made sure we learned the four-stroke and two-stroke combustion cycle. In fact, we had to get through that part of the class before we were allowed to touch anything. Um, because okay. he said, on, on these, if you know that, and you know how the, the two-stroke cycle happens and how the four-stroke cycle happens, you can fix this equipment. Um, and so that's what we learned. Um and so, you know, now after taking Brandon Steckler's class, everything is like, okay, all right, now it really all makes sense, you know, what he was talking about when I was 16 years old sure. or 17 years old. So, but yeah, um, so that was 2003 and 2004. Um, and so part of our class was learning how to use microfish. Uh, we had to be efficient or proficient in microfish and looking up parts on that and you know i was just like yeah well, i mean i didn't really use the internet a whole lot and so i was like yeah sure and so you know he got me a job at a local small engine shop and you had in in the office and there was a big box of microfish cards from all the brands and every month or every six months or whatever they'd send you new ones you know so you would go through and update um you know your your parts list and everything like that and you would use the microfish to look up your part numbers and wine diagrams and stuff like that um so um, i'm not that old i mean i think you and i are probably the same age um but i i got in you know learning how to do things the difficult way and um 
I, you know, I thought I was all right. You know, I, I drove old cars. Everything I had was carbureted. And so small engines made sense because cars were all fuel uh-huh. injected. And so it was like, I, I don't work on fuel injection, so I'll work on carburetors all day. And um, my first two weeks at this shop after school ended, the other guy that was there quit. And if you think there's a shortage of auto mechanics, small engine mechanics has had a shortage since the early 2000s. A lot of the programs got canceled and, and people weren't taking the classes. And, you know, they started building throwaway equipment. So it wasn't worth fixing. And you're not going to spend a whole lot of money on a $125 weed eater when you can just go buy another $125 weed eater. So, right. Um, so that was, it was difficult. And the, the, the owner of the place, him, him and his wife, they were really good at that stuff. He'd been doing it, you know, since he got out of high school. And so, um, you know, they helped me along and everything. Um, but you know, he had opened a speed shop next door. And so he was working on that and working over there all the time. Um, you know, uh, do, do you watch, uh, street outlaws? Have you seen that show? You know, you follow any of that? Uh, I, uh, I can't say that I've seen that. Okay. Well, I mean, for the listeners, um, so, uh, farm truck and Asian were always hanging out over at the speed shop all the time. Um, I didn't know okay. it. they were just guys that hung out, you know, and then, uh, daddy Dave, you know, Dave Comstock, he's, he actually worked with me, uh, for, I don't know, four, three or four months, something like that. Um, at the lawnmower shop, cause they nice. were really good friends. And I didn't know at the time, you know, I was just like, whatever, you know, and yeah, then, then the TV show comes out and everybody's like, oh man, have you, you know, have you seen this guy or heard these people? You know, I'm like, well, I know all those people. <laughs> like another time where you're like, you meet somebody in passing, you know, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and so, yeah, it was, it was cool. You know, I mean, he had race, he had a race car, um, and, uh, you know, I had a Chevelle and, you know, so we, we got along pretty well. Um, but that job and I, I've seen guys on Facebook make fun of the lawnmower techs. Like, oh, if you can't make it here, just go be a mower tech. You know, I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> there is, there is, I, maybe there is now. There was no Identifix. There was no All Data. If you, if you were lucky, you might have got a part smart uh, disc to, to be able to look up parts on a computer. But otherwise, mm-mm. and you're on, your own. you're on your own unless you know somebody to call and you're probably really under-equipped as far as tooling goes. And there's, I mean, a lift, you know, like that's back then was really unheard of. I'm sure now it's gotten better, but, um, yeah. And, and then, and then the equipment changes every year, the brands keep getting bought and they just change things. And then emissions gets involved and they really screw things up for you. Um, so yeah, I thought, you know, I'm gonna give automotive a shot. I mean, they, They've they've got the money, you know. So, uh-huh. um, yep. But and here you are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. Well, thank you for uh, sharing your story and uh, advice for everybody. And I, I find that ADS stuff really interesting too. Um, I took a class at ASTE on it, and I every time I do, I'm like, I actually need to do some of this stuff because I. I'm learning about it, but it's not the same if you're not actually physically on the car going through it. But, right. I don't know. Someday I'll get involved. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think that's not going to be the end of it. I think it's going to be, it's going to be terribly hard for us in the next five to 10 years. Like it's just, but it's an opportunity. You have to just, you have to keep 
looking at it as an opportunity. That's all you, you just mm-hmm. keep your sights set on that. No matter how hard it is, you know, you'll get through it. You know, I mean, I, this isn't, mm-hmm. this isn't that bad. I come on. People survived world war two, you know, like it's not sure. that bad. Right. You know? Yeah. We got like, we got life. It's, easy. Yeah. <laughs> this is light work compared to, you know, what a lot of people have experienced. So, uh, uh-huh. you know, we just, the, the problems a lot of people think are problems are, uh, not that bad. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, Hopefully, for most people, you have it better now than you did when you first started. I, I really hope that for people mm-hmm. because if you don't, you need to leave the shop you're at. You need to get out yeah. there. Um, and even if you're not good, if you're willing to be good, you know, hit one of us up. We'll get you connected. We'll get you, uh, you know, involved with the right training and the right people, and uh, and and the camaraderie will will happen no matter what. And uh, you know, we, we are not, uh, an exclusive, uh, group, you know, we'll, we'll take on anybody. I mean, um, so, but, you know, I mean, I can't speak for some of the older guys, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, think, you know, things are changing. Um, and the one thing I wanted to point out is that, um, since I've been back, um, we abolished our lube tech position. We didn't. We no longer have a lube tech. Um, I'm okay. sure the other two techs are not too happy about that because now we're sharing uh, tire work and oil changes um, and waiter alignments and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I saw it happening. The last couple of lube techs I had, they weren't going to make it anyway. So we we were just sticking them with oil changes and then you get that that final loose drain plug that costs you a motor and it's like all right we're not if you're not into cars that's one of the things like you get interviewed here we go out and look at your car like you may not know it but we're looking at your car you know i mean (laughs) i have driven by technicians houses i have um i'm not ashamed to say that i have driven by before we hired them and go okay his yard's not mowed and his car's dirty and gross you know like it just probably isn't you know maybe you can't really judge somebody by that but i've been right so far so um, mm-hmm. but we got rid of our loop tech position because, uh, the guy that I have here now, uh, I, I saw that, uh, you know, in the, in the last one too, the GM tech, uh, I, we moved him up, um, within a year, we moved him into a full technician position. He didn't stay in the loop tech position, but, um, I saw in this, this guy, um, his attention to detail on his personal vehicle, um, his attention to detail at his house. Uh, and you know, he just was bright, you know, like he, he's, he's going to get this. And, um, so I, I, you know, I've been talking to, uh, the owner and everything and saying, Hey, we need to move him up. We need to move him up. And, you know, there's, he's got, he's got a lot on his plate. Um, and he missed his, uh, he missed giving this technician his one year review and he was expecting a pay raise and a, an advancement to be a full tech. Um, and it had been like a month and a half and he was ready to leave. He was, he was looking cause you know, he's, he's gained quite a bit of knowledge from us and you know, he can go make good money. Um, and so I finally, I, I came in and it was a Friday and I told the boss before you do anything else today, you're going to go give him his, his review. 
we're, we're not, we're not losing this technician. We're not going to. Um, and so he did. Um, and he actually, I'm, I think he gave him retro pay, you know, for the, nice. for, you know, back when he was supposed to have gotten his raise. Um, and when I did that, I, I wrote his pay plan. Um, and so he gets actually everybody now does, but, um, I put him on a, a guarantee every week and then he gets a certain amount per uh, flat rate hour. Um, and then it, uh, you know, he gets a bonus at 40 hours and a bonus at, you know, 45 hours or something. It's just a couple more dollars an hour on the flat rate side. So, um, cause I told him, I said, I, I I'm going to put you on this. I'm not gonna put you on straight flat rate because I, I don't want you to starve because you might starve. Um, and then I put the other tech on that, the other junior tech. And then, uh, now the guy who's been here for three or four years, who's been a tech for almost 10 years, he is now on that same style of pay plan. Um, so, you know, it, 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 it's almost more like teamwork now, you know, cause you're, you're not like, yeah. oh, I'm not getting paid right now. No, you're getting paid. Everybody's getting paid. Um, so yeah, I mean, we don't, we're not going to do a loop tech anymore. Um, as far as I know, I mean, because realistically, if someone just wants to be a loop tech, it's probably that they can't make it as a technician or they don't want to, um, and pretty much, right. well, but pretty much if you're not, if you're not willing to grow here, then, you know, we don't really need yeah. somebody like that. I don't need somebody who's sure. can't, because I want to take a day off. You know, I can take a vacation, you know, take a vacation. And so, um, but this guy in the last like three months has just been knocking it out of the park and he's young, like nice. 23 years old. Um, and so what we did for him is he didn't have a whole lot of tools. He was using the shop tools that we had, the little toolbox. Um, we gave him a $5,000 loan to go buy some tools. Um, we, within a couple weeks, we found a, a, a a two bay, nice box full of tools for, he had 7,000 on it and he talked him down to like 5,500. So he didn't have to out of pocket much. Um, he was going to go get it and then he got COVID. So, uh, it was in Arkansas, so it was about four hours away. So my wife and I loaded up, you know, truck and trailer and went and got it for him. Um, and so, you know, we, we're willing to do that um, because, you know, we've been, we've been without a technician. It was just me for me and a lube tech for like a year and a half, and that was terrible. So um, yeah, <laughs> I don't ever want to be there again. Oh, so no. so if, if, there's, if there's shops out there listening, you know, uh, be willing to do that for people. Um, and it's not just a, a gimmick to get them to stay. You know, if he doesn't stay, he doesn't stay. Um, even if he goes out and leaves, uh, this is such a good place. What usually ends up happening is they come back. So, um, <laughs> that's happened multiple times now. So, um, yeah, sometimes they have to see what's on the other side of the, the fence. The grass looks a little greener, but you get over here like, oh, okay, this ain't so great. <laughs> well, yeah, they usually entice them with a really high flat rate hour, and then they get there and don't have any work. Or they don't give them the work because they don't want to pay them. They give the work to the you know the lackey, and so they learn real quick. In fact, one guy that left here, he got a really good offer at a shop like maybe a mile away, mile and a half away, I guess. And... Uh, he, that's the one that left us. We, we didn't have anybody for about a year and a half. We couldn't find anybody. Um, and uh, when he came back, like I, I, I told the owner, I said, you need to call him because I don't think things are going real well over there. You need to call him to see if he wants to come back. And he's like, you serious? You think he will? I'm like, yeah. So he comes back. I think he's like 
when he came back, he's like two months behind on his mortgage. And so, Jeez. you know, the owner here actually paid his mortgage up to get him back here and said, I'll pay your mortgage oh. up and get you back. So we, we have an exception here, uh, you know, where we work at, um, yeah. I yeah. doubt it's this good at a lot of places. And I complain about a lot of things, but you know, it, I, it I would really... guess that you're, you're, you're right on with that. So that's, that's good though. Just again, for anybody listening to hear that there are places like that out there, right? Cause it's probably not the only place where there's somebody like that or, or a company like that. So if you're not happy and, um, things are not great where you're at, take a look around, see what else is out there. It's definitely, definitely worth your time. Cause you might find something right. Way better. <laughs> right. Right. And you know, and you never know who that will be. And if you go to those training events, uh, you may meet yeah. people maybe from out of state, you know, um, maybe even from the town you're in, you never know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, get out there and, and do it, you know. Um, so, I mean, obviously, like, I had it really well. Uh, me and the other tech, I, I mean, I met you at AST. Um, yep. Yeah, that was my first time there. The other guy that was with me, um, uh, we we were sent to that. Uh, all expenses paid. We, the only thing we paid for is we paid for our ticket to training. Okay. But the plane ticket was paid. The hotel was paid. All the food was paid. Uh, and then we got paid our paychecks for that week. So we were paid our full nice. paycheck. Um, and I, you know, that's, I'm sure like looking at it on paper, it looks really bad. Like as an owner, you're like crap, you know, but I can tell you right now, <laughs> yeah. that guy has come back. He now owns a scope. He went out and bought a scope. He took a scope class from garage gurus or someone like that. So now he, now he owns a scope and now he's, you know, trying to get better and, and trying to learn, you know? So, and that was his first time at a major training event like that. So, you know, if you're, you know, if you're, if your guys are asking, make the sacrifice, you know, mm -hmm. make the sacrifice, do it, do it because they'll stay, you know, if you're worried about them leaving, they'll stay because they're, they're not going to give that up, you know? Yeah. So right. For sure. All right, man. I think that is uh that is a great way to wrap this up. Um I want to thank you for spending the time tonight and sharing everything that you have. I really appreciate it. And I, I think uh there's a number of people who probably get something valuable out of that too. I I hope so. I really do. And thank you for giving me a, a microphone, you know, to uh, voice my opinion and and everything you know i i i listened to uh one of your podcasts that had matt fonslow and matt skundrich and just recently and they said we need somebody on here you know because they're like we go to all the training you know people are probably tired of hearing it you know we go to all this stuff we go to everything we watch everything you know we need somebody who's yeah. not necessarily doing that and that's that's me i mean I, i'm doing it now but you know it's all fairly new to me so this is you know somebody who has gained in the last couple of years okay. from this so yeah. okay that's going to do it for today's episode i want to give jeff another big thank you for joining me on the show spending some time to talk to me uh, i enjoyed that quite a bit hopefully you did as well hopefully you got something out of that um also want to thank everyone uh, for listening to the show and all the feedback i've been getting as always uh, really appreciate it. So keep it up. Keep it coming. Um, I'll get back to as many people as I can. But with that out of the way, uh, let's all get out there and start fixing the world one car at a time.